So good morning to everybody. Can I just start by saying how great this feels to be in here fellowshipping face-to-face in person? Um, Don't get me wrong, on cold days like today, I did appreciate being at home in the comfort of my own house, and it's warm. Um, But truly, there's nothing like worshiping in the house of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Um, So I feel so tremendously blessed um, to be here today standing in front of you talking about the two ministries which are so near and dear to my heart and that I've had the privilege of um, serving in for as long as I can remember. And these two ministries are the children's ministry, of course, and then the youth ministry. It's my prayer that whatever I share to all of you today, Um, that you will learn the importance of these two ministries, children's and youth, and that we will learn the role that we all play um, in cultivating a faith that lasts in the kids and teens of today. Um, So first, I just want all of us to bow down our heads and pray. So Lord, once again, we thank you uh, for this time that you have brought us all together to give you the praise that you truly deserve. Um, Thank you for your goodness and mercies that is just new every morning, Lord Jesus. Um, And thank you even at such a confusing, unprecedented, and chaotic time, Lord God, you are still sovereign in all of this. And so we pray that you take control of this service today, um, that you will be using me, O Lord, as your mouthpiece to just say what you want this message to be heard, Lord God. And please let your Holy Spirit um, move through us all, Lord, that our eyes, that our ears, and our minds, and our hearts will be opened to what you want us to hear and learn through your word, Lord Jesus. Um, And Lord, we just thank you that you are the God above it all, and you are always in control. Um, And we just are so thankful and so um, careful to give you back all the praise and all the glory that you deserve. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So if I could just ask everybody to please rise again um, as we read our scripture reading for today. And this is found, oops, sorry. It's found in 2 Timothy um, chapter 3, verses 10 to 16. Um, So if you can read along with me, it says, For you, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra, which persecutions I endured, yet from them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, 
equipped for every good work. May the good Lord bless the reading of his word. You may now be seated. So I'm just going to give you a brief kind of uh, introduction or background to this passage. Um, so it's the Apostle Paul who is the author of this letter. And sadly, when he was writing it, he wasn't in the best situation um, when he was writing it. He was actually, most probably, in a dark and dingy jail cell right before he was about to be executed. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was about to meet my end, the last thing I would be thinking about is writing an encouraging letter. Um, but in spite of his situation, Paul still desired to write to his spiritual son, Timothy, um, during his last days on earth. So this letter was written as both an encouragement and a warning. Paul was encouraging young Timothy to be faithful in his call to ministry, have courage in the, in the challenges of life, and patient endurance when facing the inevitable hardships that pursue all those who live godly lives in Christ Jesus. So basically, in other words, Paul wanted Timothy to have a faithful, courageous, patient, and enduring kind of faith. Now that's a faith worth writing about. So how many of us here would like this kind of faith? Raise your hand. Can I see? Okay, most of us. Because I, I know I would want this kind of faith. Um, and how many of us would like to see the next generation have this kind of faith as well? Let's raise it. Okay, well, that's unanimous. Most definitely we want that. So like Paul, this is what we all want for our children and teens at GBC. We want them to have a faith that goes beyond just a one-time walk-the-aisle kind of faith, but we want them to have a faith that's strong, that's fruitful, and will last well into their adult years. Amen? Amen. Amen. Um, well, if we look carefully at these verses that we just read, Paul actually gave Timothy guidance on how to cultivate and strengthen his faith even at his young age. So the first way we can find this is found in verses 15 to 17. And I'm going to quickly read it again. It says, And how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So we learn from these verses that being rooted in the very word of God, which is breathed out and inspired by him, it produces a faith like no other. So in other words, reading, understanding, and meditating on the Bible is the key to having a strong and righteous kind of faith. So let me ask everybody here, or even the people at home, where do most Christians first learn about the Bible and all the stories in it, like Adam and Eve, David and Goliath, Jonah and the whale, and of course, the miraculous birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. So where do you think most people learn it? <laughs> yeah, so they said Sunday school and DBS. For some of us, we learned it. We were lucky to learn it at home, some of us. But for most of us, we learned it at Sunday school, um, all these important stories. 
This, my friends, is one of the very reasons why children's and youth ministries are so important. Because for most children, the church is where they will first hear about the gospel and also where they learn about the most amazing redemptive story there ever was and is found nowhere else but the Bible itself. Um, So you know what? Paul, he doesn't stop there. He also writes in verse 15 that from childhood that Timothy was taught about the word of God. And I believe it's not a coincidence that he mentions this and also why, you know, that famous verse in Proverbs 22, verse 6, which says, I think a lot of us can recite up, train up a child in the way he should go so that when he grows old, he will not depart from it. God designed childhood ages 1 to 8 to be the formative developmental years of a person. So what this means is that children, they learn and pick up things quickly at this stage, almost like, I have an example, almost like sponges. Um, like they absor- They're basically clean, blank slates, but they absorb everything that you say. What you say and what you do, they absorb it. They take it in. And one example that I have is my son, Damien. So the other day, I kept hearing him say to his younger brother, seriously? Like, seriously? And then I was just like, serious? I was, That's interesting. Why would, like, he's only nine. So I said, why would he say that? And then I realized it was from me, because I usually say that to both of them, his younger brother and my older one, Damien, nine years old. I always tell them, I'm like, seriously, when they make a huge mess right after I clean. So that happens often. Trust me, I tell you. Um, so you see, according to studies, Children between the ages of 4 to 14 are the most receptive to the gospel than any other age group. I'm going to repeat that. According to studies, children between the ages of 4 and 14 are the most receptive to the gospel than any other age group. Take that in. That's huge. So some have called this the 414 window, where over 85% of those who receive Jesus as their savior do so during this 10-year span. So that's 4 to 14. 85% of people who receive Jesus receive it at this age. That's, that's crazy. When you think about that, that's a large part of us. So these are also the years when every person develops his or her lifelong impressions of God. So you see, being taught at a young age is crucial. It's crucial for them to hear about the gospel and the, and the word of God because it helps set the foundations for a strong faith. And this is yet another reason, my friends, that Sunday school Um, children's Sunday school and youth ministries are so important because it is during Sunday school and youth group that these children at a very young age, even as young as one years old, babies, they learn about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who we pray that they will imitate into their adulthood. So now that we have learned that teaching children about the Bible and the gospel at a young age helps to cultivate this kind of faith that lasts, um, and we learned how huge the role that children's and youth ministry plays in it, um, you're all probably wondering, okay, so what about me? Like, 
What's my role in all of this? Well, Paul, being wise and led by the Spirit, also mentions two important roles which played a significant part in the development of Timothy's faith. So uh, let's first look at verse 14. Um, so I'm going to read it. Verse 14 says, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it. So who do you think Paul is referring to? He said whom. Does anybody know? Maybe some scholars here know. <laughs> but I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know at first. <laughs> but according to commentators, Paul was referring to Timothy's family, specifically his mother and grandmother. So if we turn to 2 Timothy um, chapter 1, verse 5, I'll quickly read it for you. It says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded now lives in you also. So it was from Timothy's mom, Eunice, and his grandma Lois that he probably first learned about the gospel. So studies actually have shown that family plays a huge role in a young person's faith development, especially the role of the parents, not just the mothers. <laughs> I'm pointing that out because it just, well, this verse is like, oh, the mother, but it's parents. That includes fathers. And it's, I don't want to say it's sad, but um, most of the time when we have meetings or we have like, uh, you know, invite the parents to come, it's usually mothers. So I'm challenging you <laughs> right now, fathers, it's parents. It's both of you working together. According to CBOQ's Transitions Faith uh, Formation 2.0 report, one of the big faith influences in an adolescent's life is that of the parents. And I quote, parents are still strong influencers, whether positive or negative, in their children's faith development. Many students in this study indicated the faith practice beyond going to church and praying at mealtimes and lifestyle their parents exemplified and modeled were key in their own spiritual development. I actually, I actually recently heard about a nine-year-old from our very own Sunday school reading, about the, uh, reading the Bible for himself. I don't know if you guys heard this too. I think Pastor mentioned it at um, prayer meeting. Um, and this boy, he's not starting from the New Testament like most of us do. He's actually starting from the Old Testament. Um, and I believe he's actually reading the book of Leviticus now. Okay, Leviticus. <laughs> now, trust me, I'm just as surprised as you were hearing this. Um, nine years old reading the Old Testament. <laughs> I can barely get past the book of First Chronicles. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we must be all wondering, though, the same thing. What must have spurred this child to want to read the Bible for himself? Why doesn't he just want to play video games or watch TV like all the other nine-year-olds his age do? But you know what? I would guess that one of the main reasons why this child is reading the Bible for himself is because of the example and encouragement he gets from his parents and family members. You see, parents, mothers and fathers, 
your children. They're watching and following you. They are your disciples. They are your sponges. Whether you disciple them for the Lord or for something else, it's, it's entirely up to you. But you know what? If you're like me, a parent who desires their children to grow in the knowledge and ways of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, then I would encourage you to please bring your children to Sunday school and to youth ministries. Or if you can't, lend them your electronic devices. Lend them your cell phone or a computer for a couple of hours so they can log on to the Zoom meetings. Um, and most importantly, parents, mothers and fathers, I encourage you to live as godly examples that your kids can look up to. Because as the quote by Parker Palmer says, we teach who we are. So again, family, especially parents, play such a huge role in the part of the development of Timothy's faith. But the second role Paul also mentions is found in verse 10. And it says in verse 10, You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness. So who do you think is the next role model Paul was referring to? It's, uh, there's a hand. It's my. Who's my? <laughs> so, of course, Paul was referring to himself and his role as a spiritual mentor to Timothy. For our children and youth at GBC, these mentors can and they should be found here at church, at Glencairn Baptist Church. Whether it be at a Sunday school teacher or their youth leaders or the deacons, the elders, or pastor himself or any other member they encounter, the role of a spiritual mentor is crucial in shaping the faith of our youth. According to CBOQ's Transition Faith Formation 2.0 report, one-on-one -on -one intergenerational relationships are a critical need for healthy faith development in children, especially for those in their adolescent years. So that's ages 10 to 19. Each Christ-following member of the church has a mandate to pass on the stories and teachings of God to the next generation. And that's mandated by God himself in Psalms chapter 78, verses 1 to 4. So while some of us may choose to influence as ministry leaders, all Christians, that's all of us here, all of you at home, we all have the responsibility to do so no matter what the age is. So again, it doesn't matter whether you're a parent or a teacher or a leader or the pastor or just a fellow believer. We should all play a role in discipling our young ones here at GBC. Um, but you know what? I still want to remind you that ultimately, we can only prepare the horse for battle but the victory is the Lord's. And pastor often loves to quote this, and it's from Proverbs 21, verse 31. So what this means is, even if we do follow Paul's um, uh, sorry, advice down to a T, even if we do bring our kids to Sunday school or youth every week, even if we do ask them to read the whole Bible and 
model a godly um, example, there's no guarantee that they will grow to have this kind of faith. But you know, one thing that I know is true and sure is that God, our God, is faithful. He was faithful then and he's faithful now. He's faithful and he knows and we know that he will be the one to make the seeds we plant grow in his perfect timing. And that's in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 to 9. All we have to do is we have to obey him and plant the seed of the gospel and mentor our youth and leave the rest to God. Amen? And you know what, everybody? Truly, I'm a testament to this. I grew up here at Glencairn, and I can say that my faith journey was greatly affected in an amazing way by the many mentors that I encountered here at church. Whether it was the seed of the gospel that was planted in my heart by my parents, or nurtured to grow by my Sunday school teachers, Tita Nama, Tita Norma, Tita Jelly. Yes, I remember you because you didn't give up on this loud, rowdy little girl that I was. And yes, I still am. <laughs> and of course, the youth leaders at that time, Ate Tin, Ate Jovi, Ate Jen, Ate Jo, and Pastor Sunny, who discipled me and guided me during such a confusing yet enlightening time. And until now, with my beautiful ladies at small group who constantly remind me that, you know what, God is with you no matter what, and you can apply that in your life. Um, you see, all these different mentors, they made a huge difference in my life and my growing faith. And like all these people I encountered, I encourage every single one of you, wherever you are, at home, here at church, that we can make a difference in the lives of our young ones here at Glencairn. And who are they? Who are these children? Sorry, I don't know if it's very clear, but there's, there's a lot of here. Our church, you know at Glencairn, our church, we're tremendously blessed with more than 50 children and more than 30 teens. Let, take a look at their faces because this, everybody, is our future. They're our future leaders of Glencairn Baptist Church. And what we want you to do today when you look at their faces is that you would partner with us, whether it be in prayer, whether you want to volunteer as a leader or as a mentor, or even help us in financial support or provide food for us every week. Um, we ask that we would all work together in unity as God intended us to, to cultivate in our children and youth a faith that truly lasts. Amen? Amen. So I'm just going to close with a quote that I heard yesterday from the children's online training yes, uh which happened yesterday afternoon. And it's such a good quote that rings so true. So it's from Forrest Whitcraft, which says, and I quote, a hundred years from now, it will not matter what my bank account was, the sort of house I lived, or the kind of car I drove, but the world may be, a, may be different 
because I was important in the life of a child. So let's pray.